Morning, everyone. It's good to see you here in the sanctuary this morning. We uh, have distributed uh, communion cups. If you do not have one and would like to participate in communion in just a few minutes, uh, we'll ask again and you can raise your hand. We'll get those to you. Uh, and uh, along with instructions. We are in a bit of a series right now kind of reviewing what the church is all about. We came with a question, what is God's purpose for our congregation, for the church at large? And we came up with four different things. The, uh, the church is to be a caring group. Pastor Jeff spoke on that a couple weeks ago. The church is to be an evangelizing group, a, a group of good news and willing to share that with everyone, even with the world. And Pastor Vern spoke on that last week. Uh, we are to be a nurturing, discipling body of believers. Next week, Pastor Tony is going to speak to that. And by the way, if I can just go life in the church on you for a second, next Sunday, uh, pastor Tony will be installed officially as a pastor here in the Triumph uh, congregation. So uh, be ready for that. Be ready for that. Oh, he won't even look at me. But we uh, look forward to that very much next Sunday at, at both services. So be aware of that. The church is also to be a worshiping people, a worshiping group. We're to be a people of worship. We've already, we, we sing so many great songs about it. And of course, worship goes beyond singing, but it's an integral part of what we do. And our focus today then is worship. It's part of God's purpose for us right now. What are we supposed to be doing? Part of that is worship. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. Thank you for the freedom that we enjoy to gather, to be together to hear your word, and I pray that you would take this word to our hearts and into our lives. Refresh us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know it's a big subject. Hundreds and hundreds of books have been written about it uh, over the years. The word worship itself, how to do it, how it applies to us, what we should do, but I, I can't do it all. We can't cover it all probably ever, but today I'm just going to pick up on, you want to guess how many? Three things. We gather for worship. We are a gathering group. We gather. We are gifted in worship, and we go from worship. So we gather. From Psalm 95, here we are called to the adoration parts of worship and why we should gather and together express praise and thanksgiving to God. Come. That's the gathering word, come. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That's why we come together, why we gather. Here's some more why. For the Lord is a great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths 
of the earth and the mountains, the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it. You get in the picture? He's a pretty big God. There's no other God like this. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Well, what should be our response to that? Come. Let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Many of you have heard of uh, a ministry called Ruby's Pantry. It's a food distribution uh, ministry that takes place at churches all over the Midwest. It's centered somewhere near Minneapolis, but semi-trucks uh, full of food go out from a distribution center they have down there. And uh, just down the road, uh, I served a congregation in, uh, just down the road in Breckenridge. And uh, for about eight years there, they have uh, done Ruby's Pantry. Hundreds of people come once a month and pick up food. I think it's still going on. One night I was there helping out and I was working next to a lady that I didn't really know very well. I'd seen her there. She was, she was kind of rough. She was very loud. She wanted to be the boss of everybody, which was fine, I guess, but uh, just really very expressive in her opinions. And uh, we got to talk and she didn't really know who I was. So uh, she finally asked me, well, who are you and why are you? What do you do here? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor of the church. And something happens whenever I, I get to introduce myself that way. They, people change completely. And, I, and for about three seconds, they just try to go back. What have I just said? And how did I say it? And, and usually they recover okay. Sometimes they don't because they remember what they said. And I honestly don't care, but it does reveal a lot about character and stuff. But so we got to talking, and the, one of the first things she said to me was, well, you know, I don't go to church. Really? Why not? And very proudly, because I don't need to go to a church to worship God. I go to the golf course, and I can worship God. She said that to me. And once in a while, something will get in me. Just It's the old nature. Something just pops out. I should guard this a little more carefully, I know. But I looked her right in the eye and I said, but you don't. You don't? What? You don't worship God on the golf course, do you? Now, I've played a lot of golf in my life. Not for a while, but a lot of golf. And I've never seen anybody worship on a golf course. I've heard God's name used a lot on golf courses, but not in worship. Sorry, it's the truth. Um, most people are very nice, but I've never seen worship. I know it's beautiful. It can be gorgeous. It's awe-inspiring. But if you're playing golf, you're probably not worshiping God. Might be thankful. I don't know. You just deal with that as you will. This lady was so adamant about how God can be worshipped, I, I kind of had to just give it to her a little bit. Well, we stopped talking, if you can imagine that. She just gave me kind of a dirty look, and uh, we went on our way. But 
worship involves gathering. One of the things we noticed when we were able to come back together is how eager people were to get back. Not everybody, it's just fine. We're all making choices about this COVID stuff, aren't we? But you're here, we gather, we can, we can kind of gather online. It's a, a, a pale alternative, but it works. Well, technically I suppose it's possible to worship God on a golf course, but practically it's pretty weak and it's even disobedient. From Hebrews 10, chapter 23, and I'm gonna read this out of the message translation. It says, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we could be in encouraging love and helping out. I like that, and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Christ is returning. We don't know when. We need to be prepared. That big day is the return of Christ. And we live in the meantime within the purposes of God when we gather for worship. We are being obedient to his word. There's something that happens when we are together. and He shows up in the midst of us. Without the gathering, we grow weaker in faith, weaker in love, and even become discouraged. So come, gather, bow down in worship. The gathering enhances growth and strength as the gathered, those of us here, receive gifts from God. We are gifted. God is the giver of gifts. If we go back to Psalm 95 for a moment, the first gift I think we get from there is verse seven, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. First gift, he cares for us. I encourage you to find a quiet place this week in your Bible, dig into it. Go to Psalm 23. Catch the beauty of God's care. Much needed in this old world of ours, isn't it? Another gift given in the gathering is faith. From Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Paul continues in verse 14. How then can we, how can they call on the, the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And then on to verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. Many gifts that come to us, the gift of fellowship, the gathering itself is a gift to us. Um, this morning, one of the gifts that we are going to receive is the gift of his presence in the service of communion. You have our little communion packs. I'm going to invite us
to rise, confess our faith, as found in the words of the Apostles' Creed, and then we will receive these gifts. It's part of the sermon, but it's, these gifts are very special to us and very, very important. So let us confess our faith together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Jesus calls to us. He said, come. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I'm going to invite you to a, a moment of uh, quiet and silent prayer. Maybe I'll guide it a little bit this time. Uh, Jesus said that whenever you take these elements in communion, do this in remembrance of me. So today, while we're in silent prayer, I, I would encourage you this phrase, Jesus, I remember that you are, and then you fill in the blank and give thanks for that. Jesus, I remember that you are. Let's pray together. Jesus, we remember that you are the Son of God, our Savior, who died on the cross for us, who now comes to us living, all-powerful, almighty. From where you are, Lord, you are here present with us in these gifts. We ask your blessing upon this service and these gifts now, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.